Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. Payoff.com is a paying sponsor of this comic book club podcast. You've tried balance transfers and budgeting, but high interest rates and unrelenting bill cycles make it almost impossible to get out of credit card debt on your own. Instead of another new savings technique, you need a clear path out of debt. And that's what Payoff Loan can do. A payoff loan is a personal loan backed by member-centric credit unions designed to help you pay off your credit cards. With rates as low as 5.99% APR and loan amounts up to $35,000 with no hidden fees and personal customer service support from Payoff to help you reach your financial goals. Some of the benefits of a Payoff loan may also include potential credit score boost, one monthly payment, and savings from lower interest rates. Go to Payoff.com slash comic book club to learn more. Checking loan rates won't affect your credit score. Try something new. Pay off your credit card debt with Payoff. NMLS ID number 1396805. Not all applicants may qualify. Loans only available within the United States. Loan is not available in all states. Payoff works with lending partners who originate the loans. Additional terms, conditions, and eligibility requirements may apply. More information is available at payoff.com slash comic book club. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Comic Book Club. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. Great. Good delay there. Uh, And we are coming to you live from various locations throughout the United States for our latest live show. If you're listening to the podcast, obviously it's not live. It's coming up later. If you are watching online... Thank you so much. If you're watching over on Crowdcast, feel free to drop a question and ask a question. We'll get to those later in the show. If you're watching over on YouTube, uh, we'll keep an eye on your questions. Also, give us a little bit of that thumbs up. Give us a like. Give us a thumb. And when Alex says we'll keep an eye on your questions, that doesn't mean we're ignoring you. You are just as much of a favorite child as Crowdcast. Right, Alex? I think you've been giving them a little bit of... There's two favorite children. They're ranked. I don't want to say where the rank is, but there's a ranking. Oh, man. Yeah, Justin's on vacation. Everybody just calm a lot down. of people. Right? I washed Everyone up on a beach somewhere. Down. I'm not on. Uh, we went upstate for the week to um uh to because we had uh, Airbnb this place like a month ago. Um, and I look like I have been in a uh, castaway and befriended the volleyball that we all know that Pete plays. I, you know what? My first thought was was you look like you're in the attic where they all slept in cider house rules. Ah uh, yes, we. I am oh. the princes of Maine are here. Uh, <laughs> if you're wondering, uh, it, to me, it looks like uh, if you took a dollhouse and it enlarged it, and uh, Justin is stuck in the attic. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I the dollhouse wasn't enlarged. I was shrunk. 
Ah, there we go. There's you know who list. hasn't shrunk, you know whose heart is actually two sizes larger than usual, is all the people that have donated to us this month on Patreon. So we're going to read off their names and thank them right here at the top of the show. This is, of course, everybody's favorite feature every month because it goes very smoothly. We don't mess up any names. We know exactly what we're doing, and we can get don't right Jason, into it. Don't before we even start. We're all pros at names. <laughs> yes. So let's thank these folks as quickly as possible. No delays whatsoever right pete right justin here we go aaron c hollis adam marks adriel moreland <laughs> alita fontana amanda harris amy gonzalez <laughs> andrew tilden benjamin brown brad macris chris terliza clemens luer uh corby dorby doodle curtis larock Demand Ryan, Dan Snow, Daniel Fuentes, Daniel Warden. Pete has the Chardonnay delay, I believe it's called. <laughs> Danny Heck, <laughs> Danny Ollie, Dennis Scott, Dustin Rimney, Rimney. <laughs> Eduardo Martinez, Aaron Dorian, Jeffrey Risher, Gerard Devillier, James Connolly, Jason Williams, Jessica Ashcraft, Joe Crack. John George, happy birthday, buddy. Happy birthday. Yeah, happy birthday, Jonathan Jong. Joseph Kelly. Joshua W. Broxon. Justin. Yeah. Catherine Anderson. Uh, Casey Newhaven. Casey Newhaven. Uh, Kevin Grimes. Kevin Kleinrock. Uh, Kieran Broderick. Cody Thomas. Lee Brown. Luana Thomas. Lucas Sink. Mark Carillo. Uh Mark <laughs> Mark Zeller. Megan Thigpen. Uh Michael Sturgeon. Pete Mike looking Virginia. downward away from the mic, not even <laughs> Mitchell McDonald. Mitchell McDonald. Nadia C. <laughs> Nate Lindley. Nick Grayson. Omnia Solart. Pedro A. Rangel. Perry Talaferro. <laughs> Pete 2020. Prime Pine Pauly G. Rodwin well, Sashwardio. Sarah oh, Schaefer. Nail that, you asshole. <laughs> Tamila Rush. The 12 Batch. Tiago uh, Bashamento. <laughs> Tina Ann, Victor Perez, W Blade, Will Buchanan, and Zika's Vital Connors. For supporting this month on the show, we really appreciate it. Uh, thank you, Pete, for taking your time as well. He wanted to take your time because he wanted to get your uh, names right, and he appreciates your support. A delay, all right. I don't know what you want from me. I don't know. No. You're very light this week. Your audio is very light. You're on a delay. There's a lot of stuff going on. This is great, Pete. You're doing just what we need you to be. Our weird uncle who's a little out of touch with technology. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. All right. Uh, well, we have a couple of great guests for you this week. I'm going to welcome the first one into the feed. And uh, while we're waiting for her to go on, I'll give her a little bit of intro. Hopefully everything works smoothly. Uh, but our first guest is Kat Klamia. She is the writer of Like Father, Like Daughter, which is a new Kickstarter project that has launched this month. It's going until, I believe, June 25th, but she'll probably confirm that. And here's Kat! Hey, hey! Hey, guys! Thanks for having me. Oh, my gosh. Thanks for coming on. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing well. I was, like, worried if I would get this right. This is the first time I'm using Crowdcast. 
Mm. Well, you did it. You nailed you it. Crushed You're, it. Mm. You are a crowdcast expert. Thank you. Uh, so, Kat, you got this Kickstarter project, Like Father, Like Father. It's, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's all six issues for the Kickstarter, right? Yes. Yeah, so it's all six issues. It's uh, my superhero comic, Like Father, Like Daughter. It's about a high school girl. Father left her, become a full-time superhero. Everyone in the world loves him except for her. And then she inherits his abilities. Ooh. So pretty cool stuff. Awesome. There's a lot of twists and turns. That's great. And so are you, did you, this is the one thing that I couldn't tell for the Kickstarter. <laughs> did you publish them already and now you're collecting them or did you prepare them all in advance? Or you're trying to Kickstarter the whole thing. How are you hitting it? So we actually did Kickstarters for one through five. Uh, we did a trade Kickstarter, which uh, collects one through four. And this is kind of a Kickstarter pretty much for issue six. So everything's been published through one through five and the trade. So with Kickstarter, instead of just saying, oh, this is like my like daughter issue six, you probably wouldn't get as many backers that way. Uh, we say it's one through six. That way anyone could jump on, get the trade, and you could always catch up. So this is to fund the sixth issue, which is uh, very near completion. All the interiors are done. Just getting the coloring and lettering and then off to print. So you'll, you'll get the issue, honestly, probably by the end of the summer. So I got to ask, given that you're doing a Kickstarter and in a normal atmosphere, it's tough to get people to donate money and phone something. Obviously, there's a lot going on right now in a lot of different directions. Have you found, having done Kickstarters before, is it about the same in terms of getting people to fund stuff? Is it harder, easier? What's your take on it? Ooh, um, probably harder right now, um, I would say. It's yeah. definitely been a push, to tri- which is obviously there's more important things going on than Kickstarter, so it's very understandable. I will say during quarantine, uh, for a lot of my friends who are on Kickstarter, it's actually more helpful for them because everyone's at home. And usually a yeah. dead time for Kickstarters is weekends. So like my highest backers have been weekends because everyone's kind of bored at home and still <laughs> bored at home. So that's been like kind of a weird scenario you're, you're trying to work through um, overall. Yeah. Where did the idea for the book first come from? When did that start? So um, I actually, uh, in college, I took a screenwriting class. I have my MFA now in TV writing. Uh, so, yeah, I took a screenwriting class, and I did a, I did a movie for uh, Like Father, Like Daughter. I'm like, this works as a comic. And I've been reviewing comics uh, for about 10 years now, 25. So I've been doing it since high school. And, uh, yeah, through YouTube, Comic Uno. And I, you know, I always wanted to make comics. And I said, hey, let me... Let me do this. And and that's what I did. And I published a book. And, and now here we are. And um, I have another miniseries. They call her Dancer, which is uh, I'm trying to pitch around. And, of course, coronavirus happens. You're like, oh, God, this is not the time to pitch a comic book. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, just continuing to, to write comics and TV pilots and all that. So you've been doing, uh, let's just talk, I mean, this is a little side, but let's talk about the comics journalism thing a little bit. You've done some writing for DC Universe, is that right? Yeah, so I work for DC Universe and Newsarama right now. Um, I've done writing for IGN, Fandom, and TV Guide as well. So, uh, but yeah, currently I write for DC Universe and Newsarama. So what's that like then, writing for DC Universe? I feel like most people know it as a place to find comics, as a place to find TV shows and movies, etc. What exactly are the duties involved there? Um, it's so much fun. So, you know, there's such a wide variety of stuff on there, and that's what we do articles on. So, uh, like... A couple of weeks ago, I was able to talk about Deceased and why you should read that because it just went on the service. Um, I talked about the Aquaman pilot. I haven't seen that since 
forever. So I just rewatched that and I'm doing an article on that. So it's really like delving into the history of DC and, and even talking about current stuff as well, but it's to really showcase what is on the platform and to discuss it in your own, uh, obviously your own opinion and your own twist as well. That's great. Especially, I feel like so many services like DC Universe, it's like, uh, where do I start? So to have someone to be like, start here. This is a good uh, beginning point. I think that's like the future. That's what we all need now is guideposts. Oh, I agree. We we actually just started uh, a series called Binge This. So, like, for people who have never read the comic, we describe, like, why you should read this comic. So I've done some some favorites of mine, uh, Stephanie Brown's Batgirl. Like, I feel like unless uh, you were yes. during that time, you're like, who the hell is Stephanie Brown? <laughs> I love Stephanie Brown's Batgirl. Great, great choice. So good. Uh, what else should people know about the Kickstarter? What are the levels? How are you uh, trying to spur people on to pledge this particular book? Well, one thing I feel like that's so cool about this Kickstarter in general, well, A, if you back it up for a dollar, you get eight free digital indie books. So it's pretty much getting indie books for free. If you want a sampling of creator-owned books from you know all different walks of life, all different types of genres back it up for a dollar. And also what we do is that every tier you get this indie bundle. So if you back it up for $25, you still get the eight free comics. And then another thing I really tried doing is variant covers. Um, I want to really show different aspects of this series. So we have a beautiful cover from comic girl who does like a lot of DC TV fan art. Um, we, we actually have a really cool crossover print with um, last Ember. Uh, press, which one of my great friends, Brant, we have a beautiful um, kind of lifelike uh, cover uh, print by Paper Cats. So, um, yeah, I would say there's just a lot of different types of artwork, which is really cool and in different types of covers you can get. And again, you could get the collection of all six issues in one place. And this you're pretty close right now, right? To your goal. Yes, very close. We're like a thousand and four hundred away and we have like mm-hmm. 16 days left. And last I checked, we're over a hundred backers, which is pretty cool. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. So like father, like daughter, check it out on Kickstarter. Any other information that folks should know? Uh, just check it out again. Every dollar is appreciated. Um, and thank you guys for having me. This was a lot of fun. You oh bet. my gosh. Thank you so much for coming on. Good luck with everything. All right. Thanks guys. Bye. Bye. Good luck. Yeah. All right. Uh, thank you, Kat, for coming on the show. And everybody, check out Like Father, Like Daughter on Kickstarter right now. I'm just doing a little vamping here while I search for our other guests. It's name. not vamping when you stay. You have to like vamp, 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 vamp. Or just have have Pete start a conversation. Like you, you that's why you have you oh, have yeah. us here. Where do assist- I say? Do I say, hey, talk? You say, hey, to your, we're your two assistants, and you say, please, assistants, um, <laughs> chime in. Uh, what yeah, the fuck is that? I've spotted our guest. You um, could just be like, hey, chat. Justin, tell us about yeah. going out. Oh, and, uh, wait, here's our other guest. It's Chris Hastings. Hey. Oh, there he goes. Hey. It was, no, that's all we, that's oh, all we wanted him for. Yeah, we that's just all the time we have. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. <laughs> just a quick hello and goodbye. That's all oh, we're <laughs> just putting out the vibe. Don't know what happened there. Um, Here, you know what? I'm going to invite him in the screen again. We'll see what nice. happens. Pete, what are you doing? Are you pushing buttons over there? Are you? Uh, <laughs> we're, beep, are you eating? Beep, boop. I'm. Uh, it's Chris Hester. There he is. I'm not going to touch anything this time. 
<laughs> well, uh, I can I tell like, something because we've got our next section, which we like to call the stack. Yes, we do. Yeah, there we go. Uh, and Chris, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's always a pleasure to have you here. How are you holding up with everything before we get in and talk about your book? Uh, I mean, I haven't been uh, beaten by a police officer recently, if that's what you're asking. That's um, great. Yeah, that's the question, question. That's yeah. a question we always start with. <laughs> Pretty thrilled about that. Yeah. Um, also, haven't contracted COVID. Uh, so other than, you know, All being right. stuck in the house forever. Yeah, it's fine. Fine. <laughs> Oh, good. Great. I feel like uh, that's how everyone, everyone, like, how are you doing? Like, well, um, uh, I'm fine. I guess I'm fine. That's, uh, a, that's a loaded question right now. Uh, very loaded. Should we just list crises? Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Chris, so excited to have you on the show. Uh, I, uh, I want to say, I, <laughs> what is it, Pete? <laughs> Sorry. I wanted to just compliment your beard. And I liked how you're already doing the evil villain mustache twirl. So uh, thank you. Yes. Uh, you know, uh, I, can't have a barber doing it now, so I do it myself. So thank you. You look very well groomed. If we can yeah. just co- continue to comment on your your looks right now, just d- very time. short hair, excellent glasses, tight. <laughs> the the beard is tight. The mustache is strong. You're crushing. Thanks it. very much. You're all very attractive as well. Oh, Come thank on, you. get out of here. That <laughs> feels like a, that, feels like a that. comeback compliment, but I'll take it. <laughs> you should uh, take it. Think about it as you fall asleep. I'm going to have to call you back. <laughs> you are one of our favorite creators, one of our writers, favorite writers. Uh, you've created Dr. Meninja. Uh, you worked heavily on Gwenpool and other things, but we're bringing you on to the stack section. To talk about one of your favorite books. That's something we've been doing with folks over the past couple of weeks, months now, I guess, uh, where we talk about <laughs> some of their favorite uh, Months, years, I honestly don't know. Uh, we were talking about some of their favorite books and graphic novels of yesteryear, and uh, when we were chatting over email, you suggested this book. Immediately, I got very excited to revisit this, uh, but Next Wave, Agents of Hate by Warren Ellis and Stuart Eminem. Why? Yeah, there we go. You said this is one of your, if not your favorite book of all time. Why was this your pick? Why did you want to talk about this one? Um, I, next wave is just one of those books where I'm always excited to talk about it because, um, it is one of my favorite things ever, but it's also, I feel like under, underappreciated. Like, I think I also said in the emails, like, ah, we can talk about Sandman. Everyone's talked about (laughs) Sandman. Like, yeah, I love Sandman. Very cool. Sandman's been talked to death though. Um, but, uh, yeah, I feel like, uh, next wave should just, uh, it, it deserves to, be an even bigger like back catalog hit than I think it already is. I think it deserves a bigger cult status. Uh, yeah. So well, I love what's, what's so great about it. Um, is it feels like it could have come out today. It feels still like very relevant. In fact, the fourth issue, which is all about like cops. I was like, Oh <laughs> shit, this is real right now. Uh, <laughs> Warren Ellis, man. He, <laughs> It, and it also it just feels like because when did this in, initially come out? It's like like fifteen years old or almost twenty, right? Like it's it, the fact that to write a book that is um, both funny and just like great action, beautifully drawn um, that can stand that test of time is amazing. And it feels almost like this was a British invasion type event of how people started making comics after this book. 
Yeah, I mean, just to give you guys the setup, if you've never read Next Wave before, the initial concept is it's a hodgepodge team of heroes. Uh, you got uh, Monica Rambo, 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 yeah. uh, Monica Rambo. Mm-hmm. You've got Machine Man uh, calling himself Aaron Stack. You've got a new character called the Captain who just has like generic strength flight powers but is very drunk all the time uh you've got boom boom you've got uh oh my gosh i'm forgetting somebody uh elsa Elsa bloodstone yep um and they before the series even started they were agents working for a group called hate they find out that hate was actually powered by the beyond corporation that is part of a terrorist cell called silence and so they set out to destroy it that's where we cut in on them where they're basically going from town to town throughout the united states destroying these bizarre terrorist plots or at least trying to stop them uh it's 12 issues long so it's very digestible the art by Stuart Eminem is phenomenal. And oh, like Justin so was good. saying, it's just yeah. so funny across the board. And I feel like a lot of humor comics don't necessarily hold up, but this one definitely does. Yeah. It's, you uh, I, I, when you talk about Eminem, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, it is kind of, the book's so great. Is that like, I don't think Marvel would ever throw this level of talent at like uh, a comedy, you know, like you, you put, you put Stuart Immerman on X-Men, you know, you put him on Spider-Man, you don't put him on, you know, this uh, bizarre Warren Ellis, like here are all these forgotten characters uh, thing at the same time that they're also putting out um, the ultimates, you know? Yeah. Like it just, it's, uh, it's, it was uh, so crazy. It worked. Now, was this the beginning of the, like, <laughs> let's throw together a team of randoms and have that be a comic uh, sort of vibe? Was this sort of... No, I, I think Force Works was already around. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I do think... It, it, I probably should have looked all this up. I was certainly thinking about this while I was reading this. But, like, this probably predated Hawkeye that I feel like is the book that everybody yes. looks at mm. as the anti-Marvel Marvel book in terms of deconstructing what a Marvel book could be. But as far as, yeah, but as far as I remember, this certainly came first and there's so many things in here. Like this is not the best part of the book, but to give you guys again, if you haven't read it, an idea of kind of what the book's about, there's an issue. I think it's nine or 10 or something like that, where Elsa Bloodstone is just wearing a random Euro shirt. They have a brief conversation at the beginning about like, why are you wearing that? She's like, oh, it's Euro. It's for the European Union. They have a brief discussion. Move on for that. Go through the entire issue. And it just ends with a splash page of her beating up a faux Captain America character (laughs) and pointing at the E and saying, do you think this E stands for America? And it's just a dumb joke on the Ultimates. It's making fun of Miller Miller, but it's like the shaggy dog joke that just builds over the course of the book and you don't realize it's coming until the end. And that's mostly what I feel like they were leading into. Like there's character stuff in there. Certainly Ellis leads it, you know, leads into it occasionally and fleshes out the backstories, particularly of some of the newer, less described characters, but it's mostly about what is the most ridiculous thing we can do at this time. Yeah. And then you've got the kind of like a uh, guy who is the bad guy who's like Nick Fury, who is constantly trying to kill himself while, this is all happening. Dirk Anger. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's talk about some favorite bits. Justin, do you have a favorite bit from this book in particular or something that really struck you revisiting it now? Yeah, well, I, I love, I mean, the uh, issue 11, I think, the series of splash pages that are sort of, they feel like uh, Mega Man levels almost, um, mm. with the team fighting against different random uh, villain compilations, henchmen. That's super fun. Um, the I love the Lost style flashbacks that occur throughout the series as well for each of the characters. You see like Machine Man being um, embarrassed by the Celestials uh, and sort of the more sadder ones like Elsa uh, being sort of thrown in as a baby into fighting a demon uh, by her father. Like it, Warren Ellis is such a good writer of just like throwing everything um at the at the wall and just mapping and and just driving the story through these topics he's placed out for us to watch and it really works uh pete what about you anything that jumped out at you reading this again well i'm a huge fing fang foom fan and uh it was one of those things where when i was reading it i was like holy crap this is marvel uh yeah there's a lot of like uh fun humor stuff that I just was surprised that uh, this was kind of an older Marvel story. It seems uh, uh, so relevant now. It seems like something that I'm used to that Marvel would do now, but I'm surprised. I want to go back to the huge Fing Fang Foom fan thing. Elaborate on that. (laughs) Uh, I get excited every time I see Fing Fang Foom in a comic. I think he's one of the greats, very underused. Uh, there's been a couple good stories, but mainly it's just like, don't disturb Fing Fang Foom. It's kind of like that's you know, that is his whole thing. He doesn't have a big <laughs> internal yeah. life. He doesn't have. You don't really. There's not a lot of character development happening there per se. Well, I've seen some issues where he like transforms into a human and like lives his life, and then you know. But uh, other than that, you've you seen know, some issues that where he does that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, all right. I have no follow-up questions. <laughs> uh, Chris, what about you? What are what are some things that you want to call out in particular about next fave? What are what are bits that have stuck with you? Um, I would I would love to talk about the uh, two issue um, story structure um, where it's just like every story is start to finish within. I guess they were still doing twenty two page comics, so forty four pages. Um, and I just, I think that's really cool. And if, if you guys are, are have the trades, um, they have Warren Ellis's, um, original pitch for the series in the back of the first trade where he breaks down why he made that decision. And I think it's just really interesting. He just talks about like, he's like, we do these many issues. You can format it this way to make this style of book. You can do this many issues and we'll do this style of book when you collect it. He's like, I just, I really like whenever, uh, format, drives you know um the art itself i just think that was really interesting um it was a bit it was a big influence on me with quantum and woody we've been trying to do single issue stories and i was like let's next wave did really short stories that work great with an overarching arc let's try it with this um and i just i would love to see more two issue stories or just short stories in general in comics Especially when you have like such a comedic driving force, like um, in a lot of your work and and this, like it, I think the shorter format really allows it to sort of go go off or just like mm-hmm. pop in a way. It makes it so much so much more satisfying. I think. Yeah, it's incredibly freeing to be able to just like 
get in and like heighten very quickly, just like get to the point and get out and you don't have to worry about filler or <laughs> exploring too much character. As he says, I think he's like, this is not a book about character development. <laughs> Which I thought was funny. Cause it is like, yeah, you can't yeah. help it, you know? Um, (laughs) but it is i mean at the same time it is like you're saying where it's what's the bit of the issue like what is the comedy thing that we're leading into what are we trying to do that is ridiculous in this issue oh they're going into a field and they're fighting broccoli men and each successive thing that attacks them is more ridiculous after that so it's just heightening 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 but like you're saying and like we've been kind of bouncing around ellis is a good enough writer that he can't help it and he does those flashbacks to the characters he has the back and forth um one thing I do want to ask about, because this got called out in the comments, it's disappeared now, but somebody was bummed about what Next Wave did with Boom Boom. It definitely oh. dumbs her down exponentially in this book for comedy purposes. How do you feel about that? I think Ellis actually like said that that was a mistake. Um, mm-hmm. That He was like, yeah, I shouldn't have done that. So I'm like, okay, sure. I don't, I don't know the character at all outside of the book. Um, I didn't know most of the characters outside of the book. Um, you know, I've seen, I've read more of uh, Monica Rambo since then, you know, um, yeah. especially with, um, um, oh, um, the, uh, what was it, they, they did like multidimensional space stuff. What was that one? Uh, oh, that's was a it lot also of- the Ultimates? It was the Ultimates. It was, it oh, was yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm mixing up my Ultimates. Yeah. yeah uh, I thought she was really cool in that. And like, I'm always excited for Aaron Stack to show up in something now, but um, I, I had like, no idea who any of them are. I, I love Machine Man. I, I mean, Boom Boom, Like I definitely get that. Like She's so stupid in one issue. It's like there's no brain to work on. To me, it felt like right. Warren Ellis being crotchety old man, being like, this generation, <laughs> all they care about is cell phones. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And it, I was like, okay, because I, I don't take it as they Boom Boom is stupid. I think he's saying she's busy thinking about her social media presence. Sure. Yeah. I I also think, I mean, this came out a while ago, right? And like, there's such a metric ton of jokes throughout of it. Not all of them are going to hit. Not all of them are going to hold up, but that's fine. Uh, Things like the boom moon thing. Also, there's a whole joke about Dirk anger wearing a dress that I don't think holds up in 2020 necessarily. (laughs) Um, But again, like, I think that's okay. I don't think Warren else would be like, it's 2020. I'm doing the same jokes right now. Because yeah. he did the back. No, then. no, he has he has Dracula wear a dress as a goof. Uh, oh yeah, no, no. <laughs> the <laughs> Batman's grave psycho. is all leading up all to dresses. that. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, but there's so much stuff that works in here, and again, the Stuart Imminent thing is so good. There's an issue later on if you don't again if you haven't read it or don't know about it, where they kind of cheekily were like, "Hey, you have to buy six copies of this issue." because there's all of these double page spreads that all connect together. And the only way of completing them is buying six copies of the issue. Of course you can still read it anyway and it's fine. Uh, But something like that, where it's just like lean into Stuart imminent drying in an almost entire issue of double page spreads is awesome. And they were, um, that's like the second to last issue, I think, where they did that one or uh, yeah. So yeah, really, really going out with a bang. Yeah, yeah. It's it was also really fun to revisit uh, oh. to revisit those uh, those double spade uh, spreads and just to kind of see 
all the little character stuff and uh it's just uh, i just kind of like it was hard to move on because i kept wanting to kind of re- and they even made a joke about it they were like wow that was a lot you know after all that it was fun <laughs> yeah one other thing that I mean, this is kind of a more of a negative thing, but I was reading through the wiki, and this is something that I had completely forgotten about. Uh, but they eventually, at first, they were like, "Next wave is so weird; it's an alternate continuity. Whatever, we're just gonna leave it to its own thing." No. Well, but then they worked it in. But the way that they worked it in is, I guess, I think it was Bendis. Whenever he was doing stuff with the Beyonders, the Beyonders were the ones who ran the Beyond Corporation. And so they worked it in that way. And that to me is sort of like the clunky thing where it's like, just leave it alone. It's fine. I would rather you leave it alone. I would rather you just not recognize it than force this thing just because beyond corporation beyonders sound the same. Yeah. You know? And also like, what does it matter? Like at the end of the series that all the characters are like, well, see you later. Like it's not, <laughs> the series yeah, doesn't I, want to be part of continuity. I, I would say that like really the only thing that doesn't make sense to me continuity wise is uh devil dinosaur, like mm-hmm. yeah. suddenly uh, being like, so I, I could say like, that wasn't the devil dinosaur. Like you could say, I don't, but like, devil also, dinosaur. yeah, who cares about devil dinosaur? <laughs> but Which I think, is like, probably what Ellis thought when he knew he could get away with making him like the main bad guy. Yeah. 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 I think, I mean, you know, the modern devil dinosaur, uh, I was about to say. Right. Cartoon. This preceded Moon Girl. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But having him be like a monologuing supervillain who ate Moon Boy, probably not great to tie into that in the same way. <laughs> right. Uh, before we let you go, before we, uh, let's talk about some other stuff. Chris, what are you working on right now? Obviously, comics have been on hold for a while, but I assume <laughs> okay. you should have stuff coming out sometime soon. Yeah, um, let's see. Uh, I I wrapped up a private commission that was nice. Yes, great. Tell us more about that. Private. Uh, (laughs) Was it sexy? Um, But uh, once I finish it up and I have time left, um, I uh, I decided to do um, a a Twitter auction, one of these auctions where people respond uh, with their bids. Um, So I am I'm breaking out Doctor McNinja. Once again, uh, for a custom comic, Ooh, yes, where I saw the, very cool. the winner can team up with Doctor McNinja for a one-page comic that I'm going to make, um, and all the proceeds are going to Black and Pink. Um, so it's already made more money uh, with theorizing that the top bidder isn't lying than I expected. So I'm <laughs> thrilled. With it. But um, if people want to get in on that, um, you can check out my Twitter at Doctor Hastings. Uh, the auction ends on Friday. That's awesome. Um, yeah, uh, it's super cool. I uh, I found about Black and Pink by checking in on some other fundraiser that was super fun. Um, and uh, yeah, great organization. I'm thrilled to be able to send some money somehow. Now that I'm out of money of my own personal, I can just keep throwing charities. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and then uh, my other thing is uh, we are finishing up our Quantum and Woody four issue miniseries. Uh, thankfully, that has been put back on the schedule. Nice. Um, yeah, issue four is coming out July eighth. Um, final order cutoff is June 15th, which is Monday. Um, Get it in. We got go. time. So you're probably going to have to tell your comic book shop that you want this one as, uh, you know, we're not uh, stuffing shelves full of it, you know, in the mighty Marvel fashion. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a super fun book. Uh, we literally just finished the last of the lettering today. Um, like the final lettering notes. Um, it's super good. I'm really proud of it. I love working on that book. 
Awesome. Oh, yeah. The run has been so much fun so far. Yeah. I'm very excited to see Great. it finally conclude. Uh, so Thank congratulations you. on that. Thank you. We may be having more after this one, but we have no idea when. Sure. Uh, so we'll see. <laughs> All right. Finally, uh, some we'll, uncertainty in the world. Great to hear. Uh, you know what? <laughs> Let's put it in every part of your life. <laughs> <laughs> we look to you for certainty. We want uh, wooden planks laid down. All right. Quantum Woody is coming out on July 8th there. <laughs> there it is. There we go. That's what I'm living for now. Chris, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having us read Next Wave again. That really was a pleasure. And everybody, uh, go read Quantum Woody. Go check out his Twitter feed and pledge that stuff. Drive the price up. Yes, drive please. the price uh, up. I love the show, guys. Thanks as ever for having me. Oh, Great to see you, you man. Oh, love your work. Good night. <laughs> that's a good way of ending we, he blew anyway, his little hand kisses little gentle hand kisses yes alright folks uh, that is it for the stack and now we're going to move on to our next section which is my favorite section because you all make it up it's your audience questions yeah 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 and for your audience questions there's two ways you could ask these first one drop ask a question over on Crowdcast on YouTube oh I see all of you uh, I see what's going on. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. Wait. What's going? On? What's going on, Pete? You. You gotta. Uh, we gotta. We gotta. We gotta talk about the beer before you get into the audience questions. Oh, we have to talk about our beer before we get into the questions. Yeah. Well, you know, this is normally the part of the show where we talk about what we're drinking. Someone brought it up in uh, you know the comments, so you know, just mm, gotta stick all right. to that. You know. Okay, yeah, we got to start off with that. All right, uh, I can start. Uh, I'm pretty excited about this weird beer that I'm drinking tonight. Ooh. It's a Bronx Brewer, Brewery World Gone Rosé, easy IPA with hibiscus and dragon fruit. Dragon fruit, huh? Yeah, that seems a lot, a lot. That seems like a it's, lot. It's. I'll tell you what. Uh, dragon fruit, pretty good. I like that in beer. Hibiscus, it t- makes it taste like tea, and yes. I'm, I don't love it. I love it. Yeah, uh, hibiscus. I think is it's um, uh, as Beer Cat says, it is a trendy ad because um, I think it adds a nice little purpley color to it. But it's yeah. I don't know. I think it's it's a fad. Yeah, yeah, it's all right though. I'll keep drinking it. Uh, Pete, what about you? What are you drinking? I'm giving uh, Justin a little shout out, a little upstate shout out. Uh, Blue. Whoa, my man! Where'd you find oh, that? Man. Wegman's baby? Uh, Wegman's, of course. Um, so I'm upstate, but not far enough upstate where they have Labatt Blue. It's uh, Ooh. I know. I got to go further. I have to go north to where beer is just whatever you can get your hands on. And <laughs> um, I'm drinking a random Chardonnay that was in the fridge when we got here. <laughs> Rando oh, Chardonnay. That's great. Was, was it open? Was there like it a- was, I'm a gentleman, so it was not open. But okay, um, okay. no, I think the person, the the house uh, person, was like the owner was like, "Have this," but they left many bottles. So this is like a first time Airbnb person. So uh, cheers to that. Yeah, yeah, thank you, Airbnb person. Uh, now we got a couple of comments over here on YouTube. I'm gonna look through real quick. Uh, let's see. Uh, Wesley Timblin says uh, that he's hiding in the back of Jason's loft watching, just watching. 
Bandito740 says, good thing Zalbin is the only one that sees these comments. Enjoy your secret Airbnb. <laughs> Tell you what, <laughs> secrets. Exposed. <laughs> now, yeah, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of people here in the comments section. I invited a lot of the commenters to come on vacation with my mm-hmm. family, so there's a lot of people Smart. weighing in. Smart. Yeah. Uh, uh, also on YouTube, we got uh, Serenity Q26 says, "Oh, I missed Cat. Curse you, Batman! You always ruin everything." Was reading the new DC comics for context. Uh, well, good news. Uh, that is going to be in the podcast. It's also online afterwards. It's archived. So you can always check out the show, watch it on video, even if you missed it. Uh, and Cat was great. Definitely check out her book, Like Father, Like Daughter. It's fun stuff. Yes. Um, and we got one more here great from CT. What? It's a great Kickstarter. It's a great Kickstarter. Uh, CT Cook said, if you had to choose which fans are better, would you choose the crowd of casters or the YouTubers? Oh, my gosh. Wow. There's a serious, God. I had to do read all the comments here. There's a serious, like, crowd caster slamming going on over on YouTube in the comments. Wow. Here. I just really? Come on. Come on. Yeah, that's, guys. Let's not. that's odd because it's sort of the same thing, really. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah, it's hard to say. Um, we can't choose between, like I said, our two. Uh, <laughs> our two oh, Crowdcast uh, for life. Yeah, Stray Bullet says Crowdcast for life, cuz. And Stray Sleepy Potion says, let me at him. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> and, Guys, if, you know, we're, we're just happy you're tuning in. We're not exactly you know, favorites or anything like that. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Let's start with some questions over here on Crowdcast, though, on YouTube. Feel free to drop some non-slabby questions over there if you want. Uh, this is from Ben, the Border Collie. What's your preferred superhero team for taking down the Injustice League, a.k.a. the police? <laughs> <laughs> wow. I, the super team is the team in the streets. Anyone who's been out to any protest, that's the super team that I yeah, think man. we can definitely back. Um I uh, I was out there last week very briefly, um, uh, and it was truly one of the most. I, I maybe yeah, this, I, this was like Thursday of last week. It was one of the most emotional moments uh, since the quarantine started. Just being on the street and like <laughs> crying and clapping. It was just, it was wild. Yeah, and uh, Pete, you went to some of the protests in Philly, right? That's right. Yeah, I mean, uh, the people who are willing to stand in front of their. Uh, front of others during a protest so they don't get beaten down my hat goes off to you uh amazing amazing people um that are organizing these things and 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 kind of putting themselves out there um i i've you know it's it's scary and amazing and heartwarming and uh, you know it's just one of those things where like you know it's too fucked up just to uh to sit at home you know it's just too fucked up yeah. Now I got to ask you, I don't know if this is going to come up in the questions and this might be a pretty hot button topic for our podcast. Oh, but I know Pete, what you're going to ask. Yeah. yeah. Pete, I was curious to hear from you on this. There's been a lot of back and forth about the police using the Punisher syllable. Marvel has not come out and made a statement about it. A lot of people are very upset. Certainly there was the comic. Um, I think it was like Punisher 13 that came out last year from Matt Rosenberg, where uh, he had a very clear panel about the police being in the Marvel universe being like, Hey, we use our simple. Isn't that cool? And the Punisher being like, no, that's not cool. Yeah. I am far gone. You are not me. You're supposed to uphold the law. What do you think about all this? What's your take on this, Pete? Because I've definitely well, been uh, thinking about you a lot this week. Yeah. 
Yeah, because it's interesting. Uh, first hand up guy who can't be here, uh, he texted me and he was saying for audience questions, he was like, what can we as comic fans uh, slash podcaster slash journalist, I wouldn't put myself in the journalist category. Do you are your journalist. Uh, to stop police officers from wearing their logos. And uh, it's tough because the Punisher is, uh, is this logo, logo that kind of represents this person who is uh, fighting his own fight, you know, and, and, and uh, you know, trying to take down bad people. And a lot of people, you know, kind of are, are drawn to that, you know, and use it for certain things. And it's that thing of like, you know, if Disney can sue a school for using their stuff in classrooms, you know, why couldn't they then step up and say, hey, you know what? You can't rock a Punisher logo and then drive through the streets and shoot kids and black people and stuff like that. So, like. It would be nice if they did step up, and hopefully if we make enough noise, then that can be something that happens. But it's hard to tell somebody who's bought something or made something on their own and rock it to not do that. Like, you know, I have a T-shirt that I made uh, that I rock out of love, so it's like, you know, but it's heartbreaking when you turn on and you see somebody who's rocking a Punisher logo and doing horrible things. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. If Marvel stepped up, I think they could definitely have the precincts tell that tell all the cops like you can't do this anymore. That's mm-hmm. how it works. Uh, and uh, in the comments, and this is something we talked about on in our Slack channel. Um, Luana's posting um, Jerry Conway, who created the Punisher, um, has sort of taken back the logo and wants to. Um, uh, he's created this Black Lives Matter uh, Punisher logo, which I think is uh, for Jerry Conway, who is very active politically, to really step in on this. I think that's really cool. And I mean, I'm not a huge Punisher fan, but if I can distill it down in a positive way, the Punisher is about filling in the cracks where um, oh, uh, nothing, no, the law isn't stopping this bad from happening. I will step in and and be the Punisher. And I think that's what that's a reclaimable idea where it's like the law is uh, killing people in the streets. Um, That's that needs to be someone needs to be punished for that. The people doing it, the cops that are doing it. So I I do think there's there's definitely a lane for the Punisher to be sort of uh, not owned by the police who are taking it too far and making it this like horror, the symbol for the total wrong, uh, like just violence. Yeah, it fucking breaks my heart to see that shit. I mean, part of it, and this is, I want to be very clear, like, I'm not trying to attack anybody or anything in particular here, but, like, I think part of it goes back to the beginnings of The Punisher, frankly, where, and we've talked about this on the show a little bit before, where The Punisher was a villain initially. He was brought in as somebody who was attacking Spider-Man, trying to kill criminals on the street, and supposed to be like, yo, this is what would happen if Spider-Man went too far, or any of these heroes went too far. And It was like a cautionary tale. Exactly. And he became like a lot of quote unquote antiheroes. I mean, I'd put Venom in the same way, like it, well, Venom in the same bucket, but in a very different way, where Venom was like, I'm the Spider-Man who goes too far, right? Yeah, and literally. They, literally. <laughs> and then they both became very popular so that they get bent into, oh, okay, they're kind of like 
anti-heroes. They have their own titles, like they do the wrong things, but maybe for the right reasons. And it becomes very murky. And I do think part of that leads into like, I can see for the perspective of a police officer being like, yeah, I got to do my job and I got to do it with like as hard as I possibly can, just like the Punisher. And it's hard to be defensible. No, I'm sorry, but like, it's hard to be defensible when you look at decades of comic books that have told us law is failing. The only way of making it work is to take the law into your old hands, whether it's the Punisher or whether not to get too broad here, but whether it's like literally any superhero, the basis of most superheroes in Marvel and DC is the regular amount of law enforcement is just not working in this universe. You need superheroes to deal with it. It's a constant discussion. It's a constant back and forth, but a lot of that nuance is going to be completely lost when you take it to the real world, as well as the basic fact of like, in the same way that no, you shouldn't be fucking the, be the Punisher because he's a fictional character. Like no matter how many times you get bit by spiders, you're not going to become Spider-Man. Like it's the same <laughs> thing. It's the same level, but you're missing that because the Punisher is a human being with no powers. So it feels like, well, I can become the Punisher if I just have a gun versus Spider-Man. Obviously there's a little bit of a wall there. And I think that's at least part of what leads to the disconnect with the police, with the military, with everybody that co-ops the Punisher logo, where it's very tricky and it's very impossible to understand that line. Uh, I'm getting a little bit of a rolly eye face from Lion Man and says, it juxtaposition, obviously. Yes, it's there juxtaposition. It Thank you very much. But Thanks one one that. character that hasn't been co-opted by um, some cops have gone over the line is Frankencastle. So I think we can all say that that yeah, is the Punisher. Fuck you, dude. Fuck you. You, fu- you almost did a spit take. Got I him. did almost do a spit take. Got Alex. He's almost spit hibiscus over his equipment. Oh, man. <laughs> Frankenstein the police. Frankenstein the police. <laughs> That's the new chant. Biden will get on board with that. If he won't get on board with defund the police, he'll Frankencastle the police. Uh, well, cool. Uh, that was very far. Oh, I'm not going to read that straight bullet. Uh, <laughs> Uh, that was uh, very far off the question, but thank you for that one. Uh, well, but it does. Solid. I do have a question, sort of yeah. pivoting on that. Like I do, th- it, re- reading the comics that we're talking about um, uh, today and um, in our upcoming podcast, like just all current events have changed the way that I read comics. Like it yeah. is uh, inherently like uh, just a different it's a different world and a different like comics are all about like who is a criminal who's breaking the law and who is enforcing the law. And that has just changed so much in the last two weeks um, that I'm curious if you guys, has it affected uh, your read of, of superhero comics? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of stuff, uh, especially in what we're going to be talking about in the stack where uh, you know, Anytime you see a policeman uh, pull a gun or grab somebody, it just immediately I'm like, oh, what the fuck? You know, uh, it, it's this extra layer. It's like when I read a comic now and I see more than 10 people in a room, I'm like, well, some of you are going to die. That's just how it's going to work. <laughs> you know, like, uh, yeah, these experiences kind of change you in the way you kind of experience things. So uh, and hopefully for the better. Uh, but yeah, it is. It's crazy how uh, it's affected how you kind of read situations like that. 
Uh, I do want to read two of these comments here over on YouTube because I think they're opposites and kind of interesting. One is from Bandito740 says, my partner always wears Captain America stuff, which is way better, but I know he doesn't read comics, which also makes me mad. And yeah. then Serenity <laughs> Q26 says, I don't view the Punisher as a hero, but a psychopath, and so don't like him. So then wearing the symbol makes me go evil confirmed. Uh, mm-hmm. These are obviously two different things. I will say on the Bandito Captain America comment, I do think that's a large part of it is like these symbols mean something, but they mean something different to us who religiously read comics versus the large majority of people who just know them as pop culture icons, maybe from MCU stuff, but only tangentially. And that's pretty much it. I mean, it's hard to say, though, like you don't know if someone's putting a Punisher patch uh, on their uniform and they're a cop. They might be a huge comic fan and they may just be taking the these like justice lessons from the Punisher like way too far uh, where they're like, I'm a Punisher. And it's like, no, you're not. You're a cop. Yeah. That's like literally so the protect, cop. not fucking. Yeah. So but, uh, I, I, I don't think we can say that someone out there is taking the wrong. Uh, they may they're just taking the extreme lessons or like. You know, they're, they they may be the huge, the largest Punisher fans. But it's funny because uh, I, uh, for a while, I wear this I symbol because I like Angel Punisher. You know, from the nineties. Oh boy, don't. <laughs> uh, I, my favorite I run. A little bit at Showtime at the Apollo, and there was this huge bouncer who rocked a Punisher shirt, and I was just like, "Yo, man, that's awesome! I love that." And he was saying that like. He doesn't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Doesn't read comics. I'm a grown person, which hurt on many levels. Uh, <laughs> but then we talked about how uh, the skull was a distraction. Like he liked the fact that like uh, pull somebody's eyes. It, they do a double take. Maybe they're a little off their game and, you know, that can uh, help him. And I was just like. That's hysterical that you're wearing this thing that for the exact same reason that the Punisher has this, and yet you have it no is, idea that who is the crazy. Because that's literally in canon, like yeah. why he wears the skull is like it's yeah. so people shoot that instead of his head. Instead yeah. of, I'll just throw this out there instead of the Punisher skull, they should wear the Power Girl boob window to distract and draw people's attention. Smart. What do you think? Said like a pervert, you fucking weirdo. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Wow. See, every time you're fucking unbelievable. <laughs> uh, here's a question from Pete's Punisher Slippers on Brad with what we're talking about. Uh, wow, I feel like this is really coming for me in particular. Uh, Alex, Good. we all appreciate your tidbits of insider info <laughs> you so generously bring to the podcast. Maybe the next time you're in a meeting with the heads of Marvel or DC or with network wow. execs, showrunners, or actors, just suddenly put Pete on speakerphone so he could hear what could go wrong, who could it hurt. Can't you do that for <laughs> Pete's sake? Uh, it's a risk. That is a risk none of us want to take, including Pete. I don't think Pete wants to be the one who's like, am I on mute? Am I on mute? Did they hear me just say that? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Uh, Yeah, no problem, Pete. Let me know when you want to be on the next uh, call. Well, you know, anytime you're talking with somebody who you know that I would be interested in what they say, yeah, just have me on in the background. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, uh, real quick, uh, we're doing an interview, uh, so I'm not going to use the audio anywhere. Also, there's a friend of mine who's (laughs) listening in. Yeah, a friend. (laughs) 
and Alex, I hate to say this, but I almost think that Pete's Punisher slippers might be in the tank for Pete a little bit. <laughs> I know. I think so. I, th- I was definitely getting that. Uh, this is from Palmer Eldrick. DC broke ties with Diamond, as foretold to this very show. Uh, what do you all yes. think about this move? Would you like for other companies to move in this direction? Thanks for doing the show, as always. Palmer, thank you for listening or watching, as always. We appreciate it. Uh, this is obviously, if you haven't caught up with this, this was a big news over the past week. Uh, DC rather suddenly said, nope, we're not going with Diamond anymore. We're going with the two shipping entities we have been using during the coronavirus times. Uh, one of them is, I think, called Luna that goes direct to comic book shops. The other one is Penguin Random House, where they publish all of their uh, bookie books through the YA novels, etc. And those are going direct to bookstores. Uh, so they're not using Diamond anymore. Um, what do you guys think about this? What's your reaction? Do you think other people should follow suit? Well, I mean, it. From what I've heard, uh, Diamond's a real douche about things. Like, it doesn't, uh, <laughs> it's not, tr- it, it just is like, you know, follow my rules or I won't put you on my shit. So, uh, I think this is a great example to shake things up and either make Diamond a little bit more accessible, like they could change their ways and get DC back and maybe make things better, or fuck them and, you know, let's make something better. I mean, uh, I don't know uh, a ton about the vagaries of the publishing industry, but I do know that Diamond is basically a monopoly, and monopolies are generally bad for everyone because there's too much control, uh, bottlenecking through uh, one entity. So I do think it it felt like a really surprising, bold move. So um, I'm excited to see that, uh, how that plays out, what Marvel will do in that same world. And then will this give more opportunities to smaller publishers and smaller books to like find their spot? Like, I hope so. My main concern as always is how it works for consumers, honestly. And like, does it make it more confusing for them? And as far as I understand it, the answer is right now, no. You know, you're still, if you're ordering stuff, you're a comic book shop, or once we're allowed to go back in them, if you're just picking them up on the stands, that shouldn't affect you at all. Uh, same with bookstores. Uh, if you're going to order them from online or anything or from Comixology, that doesn't change anything. So really from like, it's not like a TV show going to HBO Max or Peacock or whatever. You're still getting it in the same way. So I think that ultimately is a good thing if it frees up DC to do other things, because like we've been talking about, as far as I've read and as far as I've heard, uh, Diamond was very restrictive about stuff. I think that's good. And Frankly, I'm surprised how quickly it happened. I think what we talked about is we felt like it would be at least another two to three months before things really seismically changed. But clearly DC's experiment this past month or so, releasing comics on a Tuesday, going ahead, doing their own thing, was successful. And I think probably the biggest thing that could happen off of this even more than like Marvel will probably stick by diamond. Other folks might stick by diamond, but we, like you're saying, a bunch of other indie publishers may break off and do their own thing. And we may see new comic book day change from being just Wednesday, which ultimately I think is a very good thing. Like I know there's, I know there's the like going to Sunday church, religious aspects of going to a comic book store every Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. But like, Entertainment is every fucking day, and whoa, okay, whoa, no, whoa. it is. But like, comics are not just competing with other comics; they're competing with literally everything. And we've talked about this a million times on the show to tell people, like, okay, here's what you got to do: you 
got to go to the shop. It's very hard to find. You got to ask for a specific Wait. thing. Go on a Wednesday. That's when the new one comes out, but only once a month, but not on the same date every month. And sometimes it's five weeks and sometimes six weeks and sometimes they're delayed. It's confusing. So it like, also, go on Wednesdays. That's it. But it's also very old fashioned. Like it used to yes. be that like, uh, you know, records always dropped on Tuesdays uh, back when records was a term then, that we all used. From records to comics, and, you know, Tuesdays and Wednesdays are dope. Yeah, but that world it doesn't exist anymore. And so to be like beholden to Wednesdays, I think, is old fashioned and it's not going to be the future. Maybe DC finally was like, fuck Wednesday. They hate that day. Hump yeah. day. Hump day. No, thanks. I'm yeah. tired. Uh, just to answer a couple of questions here up in the comics, uh, Bilal says, I think some local comic shops were upset by the DPZ move, but I don't understand why my local comic shop says they can only order DC books that are on customers pull list. They can't afford to add extra other shelves. I gotta be honest. Like I love a good comic shop, but they are very stuck in their ways about stuff. So I would guess it's more about like, no, I can't change my system that I've done for 40 years versus, anything that actually matters in any particular way. Uh, And Luana Wana Wana says, what does this mean about CBC, CBC every day? Listen, man, CBC is already every day. Yeah, I hate to turn in constant contact and constantly recording uh, all sorts of things. Yeah. Uh, And uh, over on YouTube, Serenity Q26 says, does this mean DC books will be coming out every Tuesday now to further separate themselves from the rest of the market? Or was this week just a fluke? I they haven't specifically said anything about that, but I gotta say, I think like my suspicion is they're gonna stick with Tuesday. Like that gives yeah. them a leg up on everybody who's coming out Wednesday. They get an extra day of sales that certainly probably bumps up their sales. They can futz the numbers a Plus little bit. First. Yeah, exactly. And I think that other people are gonna be like, Oh yeah, well, we're doing Monday. And then other people will be like, Well, we're doing Friday, and then it's gonna be every day of the week. And I think what a fun arm thing they're going to have. Yeah. I think that's going to be the big runoff of this, frankly. A um, couple of other things. Let's see. Wait, I want to scroll back to this one. Uh, Chovenjo says, cool to see you guys. Congrats from Ecuador. Chovenjo, thanks for listening from Ecuador. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, here we go. We got another question over here from Kevin. If you're given a chance to write a one-shot for any character that you've never done a quiz for, who would be your first choices? Also, what would be a good time to announce the new quiz? Uh, so I have a question about this. We said the audience should come up with a quiz for us. How does that work exactly? I think it's a quiz that we have to do uh, head to head to head. um, And uh, we let we invite whoever in to do it and they are in charge of it. So they pick the questions and we uh, we just answer it. All right. That's interesting. I like that. Okay, great. Just yells questions at them. There we go. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, do we have uh, what would be a good uh, one shot for any character that, that we you want to write for? Yeah. Hmm. So I think what they're saying, what uh, Kevin is specifically saying is like, Pete, you can't write a Punisher one shot. I can't write a Cypher one shot. Uh, and Justin, would, you can't write a Starman one shot. I would love to be able can to you, write a Punisher comic just one time. Just yeah, one but you can't. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the audacity of saying, I'm going to do a cypher one shot? <laughs> <laughs> it's going to sell literally ones of copies. Yeah. 
ones yeah. and zeros. I I know I wouldn't buy it. <laughs> there Thanks, you go. Pete. You have one non-fan right there. I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you what. I'd like to write a Punisher one shot. I think that would be fun. Oh my god. I would write wow. a Cipher one shot. Yeah. No, I would oh, okay. like to write. Uh, uh, Warren Ellis did a book called Gravel, which I really loved. I would love to be able to write a one shot of that. Mm, good answer. That's fun. Very specific. Um, hmm. I'm trying to. I mean, sorry, it was so I feel specific. It. No, I love. I, I love it as an answer. It's good. I'm just saying it is very. I like when you give a very specific answer. Okay. Um, I'm going to throw it out to. I want to go. I want to do a Spider-Man one shot. I want to go all the way Ooh. to the top. All right. Nice. I feel like uh, it would be Spider-Man, but it really would be JT Sizzle. You know. Uh, Isn't Kevin that also we says, uh, I'm not saying I've already come up with a quiz, but I've totally already come up with a quiz over here in the comments. So, Kevin, let us know if there's a catchphrase, something we need to say to activate Yeah, the let us know how do we oh, unlock geez. the secret what, uh, quiz that we Oh, here we go. Guy who had a secret Punisher quiz for five years demanding to know how it works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Touche. Touche, sir. Uh, speaking of which, or speaking of Pete, at least over on YouTube, Lion Man says, what does Pete think about the possibility of Mephisto possibly being in WandaVision? And I assume played by Evan Peters, Evan Peters from American horror stories and other things was spotted on the set of WandaVision. So a lot of people are speculating about what he could play. Uh, Mephisto makes a lot of sense for that. Well, I'll show. Tell you what, what I would think about it. Um, yeah. It would fucking ruin WandaVision for me is what would happen. I would what? like to not Come on, see dude. Mephisto. Mephisto is such a shitty band-aid that they throw around to make them do weird stuff when it's just they're just fixing something that they've done. It's fucking hate Mephisto. Don't put Mephisto in your comics. Idle hands are the devil's band-aid. That's what they say. Sure. Mm. That makes sense. Uh, Kevin says, I do have a code phrase for the quiz. All right, we'll see if we can figure it out. Uh, code meanwhile, uh, code phrase. Jay Citizen says, would Watchmen's legacy be different if Alan Moore had gotten to use the Charlton characters like he originally wanted? Interesting question. So for those of you who aren't familiar. Wait, wait. Did you say Carlton from Fresh Prince? Yeah, there was. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. That Whatever. Is I don't know. There it is. He knows them. That's. It's not that. It's you know, oh, it's like a whole yeah, yeah. There you go. There you go. Come on, man. Right. Wow. Like Pete, okay. There we go. Pete knows it like he's done it regularly <laughs> at at dances at the club. Fresh Prince of you know, was Pete, you're like a TV. cop of the Carlton dances. What's going on here? Uh, don't you ever call me that? Wow. Yes. Uh, so for those of you who don't know, originally the plan for Watchmen was supposed to be used to the Charlton characters like Booster Gold, like Blue Beetle, uh, Captain Adam, a couple of other folks like that. Uh, and ultimately they got they weren't allowed to use them because they thought they were going to use them in other places in DC comics. So he ended up uh, changing them and tweaking them. You can still kind of see like Dr. Manhattan is captain Adam. Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Night owl is kind of blue beetle, other characters like that. Um, but ultimately like, obviously the different stuff. Uh, what do you think, Pete? Would you, what do you think would have happened with Watchmen if it was the Charlton characters instead? Well, I think it would have been uh, definitely different. Um, 
I don't know how much it would have really affected the story um, because I feel like he still would have like, you just need these kind of like superhero types to kind of tell the story. So I think it would just kind of change some nuanced stuff. Uh, But yeah, I don't, I don't know how much it would really, uh, you know, hurt it or change it or whatever, but I feel like the same message would still be there. I, I think it would have been different. I think like there's preconceived notions about those characters, which there aren't about the Watchmen characters. And maybe it would have been mostly the same or the beats would have been same, but I think it would have held it back in some way because people would look at it as like, Oh, here's all the continuity. Here's all the stuff that happened with blue beetle that led him up to this point versus night owl. You don't know anything about like, even if it's the same type of character, they're different things. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we got a follow up here. Mephisto and Thanos were awesome together in infinity got it in the issue. The boys are back. Uh, what do you think about, like, there's a lot of pushback about Mephisto over here in YouTube. What do you think about that, Pete? Oh, really? A lot of the, people. The devil, dragged, the, the devil just dragged me to hell. Oh, okay. All right. That's cool. Welcome back. <laughs> yeah, it's nice to. How was hell? Um, Mephisto was actually very cool. Very I cool guy. So, he, ended, he ended my marriage. Which, <laughs> oh, that's going to be a problem. That. Yeah. yeah, you're going to have to pay That's for that whole Airbnb problem. yourself. Yeah, oof, not not a good deal. Well, you yep. get to, you know, less wine to share, I guess. I don't know. I'm trying to be positive. I'm yep. sorry about your marriage, man. That's all right. You know, we're here for you if you need We'll anything. end up back together probably after um, baiting one other person randomly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's um, move on yeah, to another. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, I just want to yeah. say, address the people on YouTube first. What's up, the tube? Thanks for watching. Um, if you like Mephisto, that's great. You know, people like different things. You know, I don't mean to, you know, step on your hopes and dreams. Just for me, he killed a bunch of mine, so I don't like him. He's also a devil character, which I don't appreciate. So fuck him and fuck the people who write stuff for him. Thank you. <laughs> Whoa, unnecessary. <laughs> unnecessary. Man. Uh, great. All right. Uh, this is from Joe Crack. If Pete loves Punisher and Spider-Man so much, then how come he's so much hate for Archie, who is a combination of the two on Riverdale? <laughs> Betty is clearly his MJ. What do you think about that, Pete? Wow. Uh, that's fun. First off, I tip my hat to you. That was very creative and well done. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Um, I don't know what to tell you. Archie rubs me the wrong way. I don't. Uh, I don't appreciate his antics or what he's trying to do. <laughs> his antics. You know, so oh. yeah. he rubs you the wrong way. The wrong way. There we go. All right. Uh, this is from Eduardo Martinez. If Cipher, Starman, and the band from Murdo Facken all ended up in a crossover comic together, what oh. might the plot be? Wow. Oh my God. I got to tell you, I feel like the random element there is Murder Falcon, because I can see. So I've been uh, I've been reading rereading Starman, which is so good. I feel like I'm the number one Starman fan. What is this? You're rereading it now? I'm the number one Starman fan. What's the occasion? The occasion is that for our Stargirl podcast, Star Guys, I was rereading JSA and I finished all of my JSA volumes and I was like. What am I going to read next? Well, I guess I should just go back and read Starman because that's right here. Uh, and it's so good. Uh, but so I do feel like 
I feel like Jack Knight and Cypher could hang out and chat about stuff. Definitely. They're both. Um, I well, mean, Jack Knight is obsessive. Oh, he's obsessive about collecting, which is uh, Cypher. Like, they, he's obsessive about just words in general. Like, that's good. Uh, it would be. They would probably, like, hang out at a bar or something where the Murder Falcon band was playing. And then maybe some bad guys would come in, start some shit, and they would all team up. And Cypher would sit in the corner and be scared. And then they would take care of business. What if they all signed up for like a Duolingo class and Cypher was like, yeah, here's you can here's how you can speak French. Signed up for a Duolingo class. They were all <laughs> the app together competing against each other. That's, That's what I'm cool. saying. Uh, I do want to mention, wait, I'm trying to find it right now. Uh, there was somebody who tagged us on Twitter. Uh, I don't know. We have so many tweets, you guys. So many tweets. Uh, but somebody, I'll find it. Uh, oh, here we go. Uh, there's a guy named Wesley Timblin. Uh, his wife made a murder falcon statue. Oh, that yeah. Awesome. So good. I'll tell you what. I'm going to retweet the thing now if you want to check it out at Comic Book Live. It's so cool. Mm. Uh, Peter, you're going to buy that? Uh, that would be amazing. It's pretty cool. I would have to, you know, make yeah. sure it would be all right, you know, to have a rocket around the house and stuff. But, uh, yeah, what? I, I love see stuff like that. And it's really well done. It looks like it's right out of the comics, so it's really great. Uh, here's a question from Edward Doherty. DC Daily has been canceled. Did anyone actually watch it? Uh, great question. Great question. Uh, I was stunned that they produced 400 episodes of that show. Yeah, which is crazy. Um, I think for those of you who didn't know about it, it was a DC news show. It was on DC Universe. It had, I want to say conservatively, like seven to nine hosts or something like that. Uh, and it talked down DC news and DC TV shows and everything like that. Um, as far as I could tell, like the people that I know who worked at it were delightful, wonderful, earnest people who really loved DC. So um it's a real bummer that they got the show cut uh but it also sounds like yeah i don't know who was watching that not a lot of people are watching dc universe as is so a dc daily news show i feel like i don't know i mean you could probably you you deal with budgets as a line producer right Uh, just (laughs) not a line producer wow uh, yes it was probably expensive um but i also i mean as um three former hosts producers for a daily comic book show there's just not as much news as you might think (laughs) right um i actually did a, a one of those hosts on dc daily i did a pilot with for spike tv about geek culture stuff like hmm. 10 years ago wow something like that Wait, which host um uh, i'd have to look it up it's been a long time <laughs> but did you did they really did they know their stuff or yeah what? yeah okay uh yeah i guess we'll uh we'll see what happens with dc universe definitely an open question given hbo max and everything though that has tiffany smith been. tiffany tiffany smith. smith yes there you go uh, last question we got here from Joe Crack. Based off Next Wave, She-Hulk, and Hellcat, what other characters would you love to see star in a comedy title that you mm. wouldn't have expected? Mm. A comedy title you wouldn't have expected. Very fun. Um, 
it's uh, interesting that the Incredible Hulk has gone into such a horror place when I feel like there's a lot of room to have a funny Hulk, uh, a funny title with a Hulk as a character. Mm-hmm. Mm. Pete? Uh, yeah, I, I think like uh, X-23 or something like that was at times funny, and I feel like they had kind of like a good group around that comic. That could be a fun, uh, a funny kind of thing to play with. Uh, not to keep harping on reading JSA, but reading it again reminded me I had this idea years ago that is v- like so bargain basement, but feels so obvious to me, uh, where you have Wildcat, Jay Garrick, and Alan Scott going on a road trip together. And mm. it's like, uh, like, you know, old dogs or whatever. Old you know, everybody's uh, favorite movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I got you. But I don't know. I think that would be fun. Like, I feel like doing something like that, where you take these pretty serious characters in the DC universe and throw them into a classic road trip comedy situation, I think that would be a lot of fun. Yeah. For, it's really capitalized on the comic book readership where grumpier old men is their favorite movie. <laughs> yeah. There's a Venn there's a diagram. It's like these two circles. Yeah, when people are like, man. comics are for young people, and other people are like, no, they're for 25-year-olds. And yeah, Alex is like, no, they're for 50-plus. No, they're for Jack Lemmon yeah. <laughs> and Walter Matthau. Uh, that's I love- it. I love the comic backups in AARP magazine. They're so crazy, <laughs> so funny. Really get into some crazy stuff. Amazing. Uh, all right, folks, that is it for your audience questions. Now, usually at this point on the show, we go to trivia. Um, we, last week, instead of doing trivia, donated the money. Uh, we said we were going to do a bail fund. Uh, I'll be totally straight up. I started looking into bail funds and every bail fund was like, oh my God, we have too much Solidly money. funded. <laughs> <laughs> Please do not donate to us. Donate to this other bail fund instead. So I spent a bunch of time and I ended up uh, finding one of the bail funds suggested this charity for New York artists who I think are uh, trans and homeless. Uh, and that seemed like we have a show in New York or used to do a show in New York, I guess. Uh, so that seemed like on par with what we would donate for. Yeah. So we ended up donating the 25 bucks from the trivia get fund, as well as we had an ad in the show. So we donated the money from the ad uh, to that as well. Uh, we talked about it for the show and we want to do the same thing this week. So we're going to take the money that we would have spent on trivia, plus the money that we're going to get for the ad for this week's show. And we're going to uh, donate it directly Again, I'll look around, see if there's a bail fund that works. If not, I'll find a charity that works because there's a lot of folks that need it a lot. Um, obviously, True. comic shops need it too. We will go back to trivia. We want you all to get the gift cards, but yes. we kind of felt yep. that was more important to do this week. Yes. Right? Cool. 100%. All it's right, a crazy time go. out there. It is a crazy time out there, but... Another place you can donate your money is by buying new comics, and new comics are finally coming out again. So, dudes... What are you looking forward to tomorrow? What's coming out tomorrow that you're psyched about that people should check out? Ooh, great uh, question. I uh, am. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, I mean, no, I can you. start if you need to kill time. Uh, I was going to call out stealth number two from image mm, comics. Great. Uh, this book blew me away in the first issue. I'll kind of ruin the twist here a little bit, but you think it's this young hero who's like fighting crime in sort of a very dark rock dark hawk style suit but it turns out it's his father who may be suffering from some serious memory issues uh it 
was so good. It's written by Mike Costa. The art was by Nate Belgrade. Very excited to check into this. Like this was the first issue floored me. So I cannot wait to check that out. That's coming out tomorrow from Image Comics. Pete, what were you going to call out? Uh, Ice Cream Man number 19. Uh, that's what I was going to pick. Suck it, JT says. Uh, sorry, buddy. Uh, yeah, it's it's amazeballs. If you want to take that one, uh, you know, I can uh, plug another one, but I don't want to take your next one, uh, you know. Oh, okay. But, well, you think our tastes are that aligned that you're going to get me twice? Uh, no. Okay. Sorry, guy. Uh, no. But uh, I, I just want to say that, like, Ice Cream Man – you think you're like, okay, all right, I see what's happening. No, it constantly surprises you, is so smart, so, like does so many different things. It's so impressive as a comic book, and I don't like horror. It, this is scaring the fuck out of me. I'm not really enjoying it because I'm scared, but yet it's still impressive what they're doing with the paneling, the layouts, the breaking the forms. It's really impressive. Yeah. Each issue stands alone. Um, it is like a black mirror episode. Uh, but they, what I think they do so well on the book is really play with, uh, literary formats, um, in a super smart and horrifying way. It's great. Uh, comment from the comments. Uh, that's where comments come. Uh, when did Pete start only picking one comic to look forward to and explaining why he picked it from Eduardo yeah. Montunit? <laughs> I will bad. say that's my bet. That's weird. It's weird to hear you focusing and then explaining, which are two words that I think we very rarely apply to. You. Do you know what, Pete? You've really grown up. No, oh, fuck you, man. <laughs> um, I'm going to give it up for um, Adventure Man number one, uh, a comic by Matt Fraction and the Dotsons, which, uh, man, the Dotsons, their art just so good, so uh, such complete and specific um, uh, visuals for a comic book. And Matt Fraction doing a title that isn't purposefully um, sort of abstract, I think is really exciting. He hasn't done that for a while. Very much looking forward to that. And we're going to have reviews for all of those on our Stack Podcast, which comes out Wednesday, 9 a.m., both in the Comic Book Club feed and in its own dedicated Stack feeds. And, folks, that's it for our show. A couple of things to plug before we wrap up here. Next week's guest, we have a great show for you guys. We're going to have Kyle Latino, who is the creator of Oni Press's The Savage Beard of She-Dwarf. Also, we're going to have Tom Payer from Ahoy's Dragonfly and Dragonfly Man is going to be here. Also, if you want to check out other podcasts, we have plenty more to come. But right now we're running Star Guys, our Stargirl podcast twice a week. That's Mondays and Tuesdays. Two episodes a week. Check that out. Patreon.com slash comic book club to support the show and the other shows that we do. iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe and listen to the show. Comic book club live.com for this podcast and more. Follow us on at comic book live on Twitter. And thank you all so much for listening. Thank you for tuning in both on Crabcast and YouTube and both on our YouTube, babies. Both of you. We don't want to love you both evenly. Yeah. Good night, folks. Thanks, guys. Stay tough. Get out there. They sit on crappy couches and they let the secrets leak. And I keep them up at the table at that special desk week. Hello, don't be late for it, girls. There we go.
Yeah.